Insightful Podcasts by Informative Hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. Welcome to Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. Welcome to Insights and Entertainment. This is episode 106. What is thy bidding, my master? I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my beautiful Aww. and brilliant co-host, Michelle Whalen. Aw, thanks. How are you doing today, sweetie? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing awesome. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We sure do. You're working extra hard on these notes. Well, thanks. I'm glad you noticed. I always notice. <laughs> I just don't always give you credit for it. Oh, okay. Thanks. So in today's episode in our Disney Detective, we're going to talk about what happened to the people who waited hours for Disneyland tickets. And Disneyland releases sneak peek photos of the Haunted Mansion ride changes. <laughs> Not that we're going to see them anytime soon, but well, you know. True. Then in our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy, the man behind the mask of Darth Vader is putting his items up for auction. Well, he's not. He passed away. But <laughs> right. his estate is putting his items up for auction. Mm -hmm. And Disney is finally settling a controversy with an iconic Star Wars writer, mm -hmm. which you know, it's good to see they're finally doing the right thing there. Right. In our entertainment news, Lizzo's drunk DM to Chris Evans turned out pretty great, actually. That's, this was a cute one. Yeah, yeah. And Superman comics will no longer be published by DC. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. See, I, I was going to put in a Marvel store, and then I was like, nah, we'll give some love to DC. A little bit. Just a little. When, when they stop publishing Superman, then we give them some, <laughs> some action. <laughs> exactly. Uh, before we get into everything, though, I would uh, suggest folks subscribe to the podcast. If you subscribe to Insights into Things, you can get the video versions of all of our shows. If you just want the audio versions of this podcast, you can look for Insights in Entertainment. You can find us on Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast. I uh, would also invite folks to give us your feedback. Tell us how we're doing. Uh, tell us what you'd like to see, any differences, any changes. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. You can get us on Twitter at insights underscore things. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash insights into things podcast. We're also on Instagram at instagram.com slash insights into things. We can get links to all those or give us feedback directly through our website at www.insightsintothings.com. Ready? Sure. Here we go. <laughs> Good. 
go for Disney Detective. So it seems last Thursday, tickets became finally became available for Disneyland Resort out in California. And obviously, you know, there was a, a lot of hubbub about it because people had been waiting to to get tickets because in order to um, go to the park, you had to get a reservation and, and get a ticket. And obviously, knowing that the park is only going to be opening uh, about 15 to uh, 25 percent, tickets were going to obviously be going kind of quickly. But it seems that. People were waiting almost eight hours in a virtual queue. Fortunately, nobody was actually at the park. Everybody was waiting uh, online. And, you know, they they were kind of like, why is it taking so long? So it seems that um, that the you know, when you logged on, you got to a page that said the wait is almost over. And then it just became hours upon hours uh, of a wait uh, beyond that. Uh, A Disney spokesperson provided a response to Deadline acknowledging the situation and said, We are experiencing high demand given the historic nature of the Disneyland Resort uh, reopening. To deliver a strong guest experience, we are deliberately plussing uh, or pulsing guests through the system and therefore wait times maybe several hours or more depending on when you join the queue. Uh, We still have plenty of reservations available and we plan to keep the system open through the night to accommodate the demand. Well, obviously, after the rush on Thursday, the reopening day of April 30th had been, you know, completely sold out. But there are plenty of tickets and reservations available for up to the next three parks, um, you know, now that the the rest of the weekend had gone through. Um, You know, they basically said that, you know, even though the spokesperson, you know, talked about the frustration saying that it was done deliberately to basically, you know, file the customers in and out through um, its system in an organized manner, you know, Basically, most people kind of figured, okay, it's it's going to be a while to to get a ticket. Um, you know, you figure when you go online to you know get concert tickets, uh, you know, sometimes it can take a while for a queue. So, obviously, tons of people were were going through this process. I don't know. I I never spoke with anybody, or I don't know anybody that actually got tickets. Um, because again, they were saying that only California residents were going to be able uh, to get tickets uh, for the first couple of months. So I don't know if maybe there was some sort of process in place where you had to prove that uh, you know you lived in the state. So maybe that's what was taking so long. Um, you know, but obviously, if you wanted to wait, and you know, hopefully you were waiting at home, you know, on your computer, and you know, doing other things while you were waiting for it to finally, you know, go through, um, you know, good for you. If you got tickets, I'll, I'll wait. And, and this is, this, this is typical Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a line. So it must be a good thing. Right? right. That's all waiting a line. Yeah. I wonder if, you know, they probably should have showed some like movies or something, which you know? is what, you know, Disney does <laughs> is they take Instead of doing something about their lines, they right. turn their lines into an attraction. And, right. Into so I'm surprised you didn't get like a little mini game or a movie. Right. like oh, <laughs> Trivia gonna, or something. We're going to give you like a, a Disney Plus preview while you wait and watch these movies that right. we're going to give you That would have been kind of like cool. That. Who knows? 
Yeah. Um, so, but it's kind of funny to find out that it was deliberate that they right, were doing it. Right. It wasn't just, oh, we, you know, we had more people than expect, you know, because that's what you kind of were expecting. You know, maybe their system just couldn't handle it. No, we intentionally well, did I it. Well, I mean, could you figure after the launch of Disney Plus and they couldn't handle right. the subscriber rate, you kind of figure they've got a track record of underplanning for these things. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah, glad we didn't wait for that one. <laughs> exactly. So, tell us about the Haunted Mansion ride changes. So, Disneyland, with, you know, obviously the park being shut down for, for over a year, they took advantage of this time and, you know, did some renovations. Some of them were planned uh, before the actual shutdown, and some of them, obviously, uh, they ended up finding the time, you know, with nobody being in the park. Uh, so uh, last week, they uh, Disney Parks had actually released a video showing some of the changes that have been made to the Haunted Mansion. Um, so before the actual shutdown in March, the Haunted Mansion was actually already shut down because, again, a lot of these were, were already planned um, rehabs. So they took the time to kind of, you know, finish up them and also change a little bit more. Uh, so in uh, the video, they show um, that when you're going to be walking up to the mansion um, and you're going through the queue, there's some new landscaping with some new tombstones uh, of dearly departed get, uh, pest, pets, excuse me, yes. pests. <laughs> you're such a pest. Um, and then as you're walking through the entrance, um, that they have a freshly cobwebbed curtain uh, area with some new rugs and some new wallpaper. Um, but one of the biggest changes is kind of a callback for longtime fans, and it's the return of the April to December portrait. Um, the painting, which depicts a very pretty young woman suddenly aging into a cartoonish hag, was one of the original enhanced portraits that was hanging in the hallway that connects uh, the elevator to the ride vehicles. Um, she was actually removed in 2005, uh, or yeah, 2005, because her special effects um, didn't really interface well with the digital technology that Disneyland was using on more modern portraits, but now she's back and she has some new effects. Um, so you'll have to be more eagle eyed, uh, as you, you know, walk through because she's actually kind of off on her own where all the other portraits are together. So they kind of gave her a place of honor, uh, as you're walking, uh, through, uh, to get to the, uh, the doom buggy area. Um, and another thing that was kind of cool was the video that was released by Disney also teased with a new one eyed cat statue. And although the placement wasn't revealed, you don't know where the cat is. It's eye turns into a laser beam. <laughs> Cats with freaking laser beams. Cats with freaking laser beams. Um, so, and the, the video also seemed to indicate that there were more changes in the bride's room and in the graveyard scene. Um, so all in all, it sounds like, you know, the, the ride got some TLC that it needed and that there's going to be, you know, some other little hidden gems that we'll probably hear about once the park opens and, you know, different people, you know, YouTube you know, uh, Disney people, you know, start posting them and, and talking about them. So, so as a dedicated, um, fanatical 
fan of the Haunted Mansion. Who, me? How do you feel about when they do changes like this? I, I like them. I like when they kind of go in and and do the enhancements and kind of, um, you know, tweak things and, and add new things. Um, you know, the Hatbox Ghost, that's one that for years Haunted Mansion fans wanted you know, to come back and to see it finally return was like, yay! So you're not some Disney purist where the ride is what Walt envisioned it and it shouldn't change. Well, and that's the thing is because, and I hope they never completely change it. I hope there's always aspects. And I like how they're also bringing back some of the original aspects, because if you look at what, you know, we've talked about this, you know, many times before with other Haunted Mansion articles, if you look at what the original concept of the ride was, there's so much that they never use. Right. They, you know, they kind of took this and this. So technically, like every 50 years, they could redo the ride with all, you know, make it almost all new just from the original ideas. Sure. So I'm okay with, you know, with you making the enhancements and stuff. Um, you know, one of the things that um, with, uh, with Disneyland, they also redid Snow White's adventure. They took out, like, all the scariness, you know, that was part of it. So a lot of people are all kind of pissed off, you know, at Disney for completely changing, right, you know, right. that. So... I don't think, you know, and I think the Haunted Mansion is one of those rides where I don't think they'll ever completely wipe it and do something different. But for them to go in and, you know, enhance the technologies, because, you know, some of the technologies are still the original. Yeah, the Pepper's Ghost. The, the Pepper's the Ghost. But how do you redo Pepper's Ghost? Like, Pepper's Ghost has been around for hundreds of years. They've never really been able to. Well, you, you could do holograms. You do holograms, right? I so I could see them doing that, like changing it up to to do that. But you know, as long as they kind of keep it, so you know. Do, has there been any mention of how any of these changes or anything would they affect how they do the Nightmare Before Christmas makeover? No, and I'm sure they'll probably still you know, do, do that, you know, do the, the overlay like, like they do. And they only do that in, in Disneyland. They've right. never done that, um, in, in Florida. So I wouldn't mind them bringing it to Florida just, or some other version of it, maybe not the exact same, just so that people that never make so it out, experience it, yeah. right. You know, cause it, it was cool when we happened to be in California, the one time during Halloween and we were able to experience it, yeah. but it would have also been nice for us to experience the haunted mansion without it. The original. Too. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that I had missed out on is I didn't right. get to see it when it was in its original. Right. Right. So we have to kind of plan a trip that's not around the holidays. <laughs> right. We're, we're going out to California just to see the haunted mansion. Okay. Without it being decorated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So, fanatical is exactly how I described you. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. All right, so that's all we have for our Disney detective this week. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back with our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy.
seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Sith Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Star Forge server for nightly events such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars trivia, guild lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. Go for Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. And I wasn't even going to do it, but you <laughs> you waited, so all right. Um, so last week we had talked about all the Hasbro toys that were going to be coming out where none of them were anything that you were going to want. And then, of course, the story that comes out early this week is something where you're going to want like almost everything. <laughs> So I like how we go yin and yang, uh, you know, from this. So on Monday, uh, an article came out uh, and I had actually heard about it on the radio um, on the morning radio show that I listen to while I'm working. So, of course, I had to quickly look it up online to, to find it um, and see what it was. And it seems that there is um, they're going to be doing an auction of all of David Prowse's Star Wars collectibles that he's collected over the years. Um, so it seems that there's various different lots that they have. Um, so it looks like it's more than 700 of his possessions. Um, and obviously, if you don't know, David Prowse was the actor who physically played Darth Vader in the movies. They didn't use his speaking voice, obviously. James Earl Jones. We know that whole Dude, thing. spoilers. If you haven't found that out yet, hate to tell you, you know, Um, so uh, so they'll obviously be auctioning off, uh, you know, some of his stuff from the original Star Wars trilogy um, and they're doing the auction um, in his home city. And that's because he passed away uh, at 85 last year Um, included is his. Empire Strikes Back script, which has key lines that were removed to keep Vader's relationship with Luke Skywalker a secret. Spoilers. I am your father. Right. A piece of the Millennium Falcon's cockpit and a Vader mask that Prowse is to believe to have uh, used for appearances at conventions and events. Uh, So approximately... Uh, the collection uh, will be sold on May the 4th, which is a nod to the fran- franchise's famous line, May the Force Be With You. Uh, auctioneer uh, Andrew Stowe had said when he was rummaging through the boxes in his house, every now and then he'd come across an item, uh, something that was special, and it would just, you know, send his brain racing. He said, uh, in one box I'd find his Empire Strikes Back 
script. In another, I found the actual piece of the Millennium Falcon. And then a little deeper down, I found a letter from Peter Cushing. Uh, The Empire Strikes Back script is expected to sell for thousands. He said, my spine tingled when I first saw the script. Um, But the line revealing Vader was uh, Luke's relation was not even featured in the script. He said the reveal, perhaps the most recognized comment in cinema history, was kept a big secret from most of the cast, as Prowse's lines would be overdubbed by, again, James Earl Jones. Uh, Prowse, you know, wasn't privy to the secret, so instead was giving alternate dialogue, which is considerably less dramatic. But, you know, that, of course, still makes it a unique part of history. Um, And what's nice is that a percentage of the proceeds of the auction will go to Alzheimer's research in the UK. Yes, Browse's line was, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, Obi-Wan killed your father is what Browse's original Mm -hmm. line was. And that's what's in the script. Right, right. Which would be really cool to get the script. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's a ton of stuff on the auction, mm-hmm. and it's not just Star Wars stuff. It's he was a he was a sci-fi fan. Mm-hmm. You know, he did uh, a number of horror films for Hammer Films. Right, he, right. he worked with Peter Cushing. You know, not just in Star Wars, but in the horror films. He was the crossing guard. Uh, you know, I'd say mascot. We'll say, which is right. one of the things he was knighted for, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's memorabilia for that. There's signed photos. There's stuff from Stargate SG-1 that's oh. there because he was a fan of that. Okay. There's a ton of uh, Superman stuff because he was actually um, Christopher Reeve's um, personal trainer Okay. when he was working out to, to become Superman. Okay. So there's a ton of stuff in there for that. There's all kinds of stuff from different genres and hmm. everything that's that's – Right now, reasonably priced, so you okay. can go out and bid on it now. And some okay. of this stuff is mundane. Like, there's some action figures that they're not signed. Right. And there's no uh, certificate of authenticity with them, but they were his. Right. You know, like, how cool, how much more cool could it be to get a Darth Vader figure that was owned by Darth Vader? Right, right. Um, so, I, I may be bidding on some of the stuff. And that's, you know, hey, if you get it. That's great. And more stuff to add to the collection. Maybe even put it in like a cute little, you know. It depends on what I get. Right. Whatever I get would be, you know, greatly protected. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> maybe we'll show it off if, you know, if you manage to, to score something. If so. I score something, yes. Yeah. Father's Day is coming, by the way. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Okay. Just saying. Just you know, just if you want to get me something, here's a great opportunity. <laughs> here's a gr- send me the link. <laughs> Because the article actually didn't even have. I know a, a it didn't. Link I actually, because I, I had seen, I had, I had seen this earlier in the week. And okay. I went and looked at the thing and found found a link to the Bristol auctions. Gotcha. So I'm sure if you do a Google search, you can. It's you very can find easy to it. find. Yeah. For first one or two. Okay. Searches if you look for. Maybe it. I'll look and see. There we go. Not going to get to that script because that's already going for a couple thousand. What's a couple thousand? You don't love me that much. Don't answer that. I love you more than that. Yeah, right. But not enough to buy that. Well, I'd probably lose out on it, and then I'd be upset. It's a thought that counts. Absolutely. So let's talk about Disney and an iconic writer. So this is 
technically a follow-up story that we talked about a couple of months ago um, where there was a, a lawsuit uh, that was uh, with one of the Disney um, or not Star Wars writers, I should say. Um, so it talks about, um, you know, there are two kinds of, in, in this article, it said, you know, there are two kinds of Star Wars fans. Those that, you know, basically just watch the movies, but then those that saw the movies Every animated series read every, you know, novelization in existence. And if you, you know, fall into that later category that you, you know, obviously read something by Star Wars writer Alan Dean Foster. Um, and if, you know, again, we had talked about this, I think it was last summer, uh, that he had some ongoing controversy with the Walt Disney Company. Um, so it was actually, okay, so it was November. Uh, so last November, Foster had published a letter via, um, the science fiction and fantasy writers of America that, basically said, you know, when Disney had purchased Lucasfilms, they had acquired the rights to some of the books that he wrote and Star Wars, uh, the novelization of the very first film and a couple of other things. And that you, you know, that Disney owed him royalties and that you should pay. And, you know, then there was a whole thing with 20th Century Fox that when, you know, Disney bought them, books that he had written under, you know, Fox, he never got royalties for either. So it was a whole big, you know, laundry list of of things that he was owed money on. Um, and then he, you know, went on and said in his letter that, you know, you continue to ignore my request from my agent. You, you know, basically are, are ignoring the inquiries from the SFWA and, you know, what are you basically waiting for? Are you waiting for me to die? It was really, was really kind of heart wrenching, you know, of all of this. And then, of course, he said that, you know, my wife has serious medical issues. And in 2016, I was diagnosed with with an advanced form of cancer. We could really use the money. It's not charity. It's what I'm owed. I always loved Disney's, the films, the park, growing up with the Disneyland TV show. Um, you know, I don't think Walt would approve of how you're currently treating me. Um, you know, and he, he went on to say, you know, as, you know, Bob Iger used to say, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So now after months of the back and forth, it seems that the situation might actually be coming to an end. The science fiction and fantasy writers of America, along with Foster's own legal team, have seemingly uh, come close to reaching a settlement that will end his Star Wars royalty controversy once and for all. So as of April uh, 1st of this year, Foster had shared on his personal log that um, he said, you know, talked about everything that was going on uh, with Disney that you've, you know, read about is moving rapidly towards a mutual agreeable conclusion. A formal statement will be forthcoming. Obviously, at this time, Foster is not writing for Disney or Lucasfilms in any capacity, but it's nice to hear that he's finally going to be getting what he what he deserves, and rightfully so. And, you know, just like we had talked about uh, back when the original story broke, the way that Disney acted in this was absolutely disgraceful. Mm -hmm, absolutely. The fact that you can pay your, your CEO 60-some million dollars mm -hmm. 
but you can't pay someone who you're making money off of. Right. It'd be a different story if Disney said, "Okay, we're pulling those books from circulation. We're not gonna, we're not gonna sell them anymore." Right. But Disney continued to sell mm-hmm. them and make money off of them. Right. Right. And you know, this is a case of of the little guy finally getting what's due. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wish him the best of luck in getting what what he's owed from Disney and. Mm-hmm. And I hope Disney publicly acknowledges this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want them to just slip him a check under the table and right. make it go away. Admit what you did, you know, exactly. with a formal statement saying we were completely wrong. It should yep. have never gotten this far. Because if it's happening to him, how many other people is right. it happening to who don't have Absolutely. the, the you know, I mean, he, he certainly has the motivation to stand up right. for it. But other people might still be on the Disney payroll and are getting shafted by Disney. Right. And they're afraid to... To sort of bite the hand that feeds them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's the same with, with, with any big corporation. Mm-hmm. You, they got to be held to, held to terms. Right. So best of luck to them on that one. Mm-hmm. So that was all we had for our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back with our entertainment news of the week. Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Talking to real teens about real teen problems. Explore issues from braces to puberty, social anxiety to financial responsibility. Each week, we talk about the topics concerning today's youth. We look at how the issues affect teens, how to cope with these issues, and how parents, friends, and loved ones can help teens handle these challenges. Check out our video episodes on youtube.com backslash insights into things. Catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoteens.com or on the web at insightsintothings.com. Go for entertainment news. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> what was funny, as soon as I heard it, I was like, that's not the right song. Oh, yeah, that is the right song. <laughs> so this was a cute little um, crush story that, that popped up, and uh, you know, I kind of thought we would put it in. Uh, so it seems that Lizzo uh, sent some drunk DMs to Chris Evans that kind of turned out you know, pretty great. So... Um, you know, on Saturday, the hitmaker had posted a relatable TikTok video revealing a direct Instagram message that she sent to the Captain America actor and captioned it, don't drink, don't drink and DM kids. And a day later, the plot thickened when Evans had actually responded. So Lizzo's initial TikTok included a screenshot of the direct message that stated Uh, That started it all with no words, but just three emojis, a gust of wind, a woman playing basketball and a basketball. So fans immediately deciphered the emoji sequence as uh, meaning to uh, that she was shooting her shot with a potential relationship with Evans. Um, So while presenting the uh, screen grabbed evidence, Lizzo is, you know, lip syncing uh, to another audio from another TikTok uh, um, 
uh, creator basically saying the reason I'm upset about this one is because I know I'm not going to be able to marry him. And honestly, it hurts me to the core because, damn, he's a rare breed. No comparing. So, of course, now fast forward to Sunday when Lizzo updated her TikTok saga with a screenshot of his response. And he basically said, no shame in a drunk DM, he replied, along with a wink uh, kiss emoji. Uh, God knows I've done worse on on this app, LOL. Um, and obviously he was kind of referring to some leaked uh, photos that had kind of <laughs> gone out. Um, so, of course, the flirty exchange had now prompted, you know, many to manifest a romance between Evans and Lizzo on social media. Um, and a whole bunch of people uh, had noticed on Twitter that now he follows her on Instagram. Ooh, romance. Um, you know, so one person had tweeted, now when I get invited to the Chris Evans and Lizzo wedding, um, you know, please make sure, you know, that I'm sitting next to, you know, Anthony Mackie. <laughs> and then another one had said, uh, I really want Lizzo and Chris Evans to date Mr. and Mrs. America. You know, could it be the birth of a new celebrity power couple? You know, anything is possible. And if you do a quick Google search, you'll find that both of them are single. So you never know. But, you know, the moral of the story is shoot your shot, ladies. Shoot your shot. You know, I, I <laughs> before this was even included in the in the show notes this week, uh -huh. I had read the story and thought it was cute. Mm -hmm. And under the current circumstances that we're under, I can only imagine what this will do for race relations at this point. Oh, in absolutely! Time. I think it was. I think it was. You know, it was just. You know, it was cute. It was warm. It was. It was innocent and yeah. you know and and the and thing his is, reaction was was fantastic right you know he wasn't like oh my god i'd never date right. you. he was like okay you're kind of cute wink wink kiss right. kiss you know and and the fact that it's you know like we were just talking at, at dinner when we were you know sitting with our daughter it's cute to see that celebrities have crushes too right you know, and that when they act on it, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did this. And then everybody's like, oh, my God, that's adorable. Yeah. They got to go it out was, sometime or have a Zoom date or something. It, you was, know? it was a very cute story. Yeah, yeah. A not so cute story, though, is about Superman. Superman's getting the axe. What's going on with Superman? <gasps> Superman will no longer be published by DC. He's just kind of getting replaced. <laughs> So Superman will always be a cornerstone character in DC Comics. Excuse me. <clears throat> but the character has gone through a number of, you know, different uh, changes and titles over the many decades. Uh, and there um, have been untold, you know, number of new versions and reboots and all you know, alternative takes on the character, but there, you know, has usually always been something, you know, that DC has done as Superman. But as reported by CBR, it seems that Disney, uh, Disney, whoo, DC. They don't own DC yet. They're working on <laughs> yeah, them, give sure. Them, give them time. Uh, DC is actually canceling their Superman title and replacing it with a new title called Superman, Son of Kal-El. Uh, the story will no longer focus on Clark Kent, but will be centered around his son, Jonathan Kent, who has been taking up the mantle in his father's place. Uh, the first issue was revealed, um, and its cover is actually, you know, kind of 
you know, an acknowledgement of the history of the character. Uh, the cover, you know, kind of looks strangely old fashioned for a modern landscape of the comic. Um, but there's a good reason for that. And what they did was they actually did a direct reference from the first issue of the Superman title um, from 1939. So it's unclear, you know, if the plan is to permanently retire the specific Superman title with the son of Kal-El, um, or is it just a temporary thing? Um, you know, obviously in the past, you know, they've kind of put things on hiatus and then years later, you know, kind of bring it back. Um, so it seems that right now their focus is kind of bringing more of the Jonathan Kent character out you know, in the open and kind of focusing on, you know, you know, some of the younger, I guess, characters, um, you know, so is it something that it'll be, you know, a permanent thing or again, just kind of, you know, temporary until, you know, Superman has some sort of, you know, big reveal, just like, you know, what was it, you know, a couple of years back where they killed him he was supposedly dead. He was never coming back. And then yeah, they well, brought him and, back. And like, so. that's the thing. You're, you're, you're not going to stop producing right. Superman. Right. So, you know, the article even, right. The article even says, you know, if we had to bet money, he'll be back at some point. He'll be back when this one doesn't sell. And <laughs> then they'll bring him back and right. they'll reinvent them. Yeah. And he'll have another new backstory and a new artist and, Right. Maybe that, he went somewhere. He took a vacation. That's the way the comics work. You know, the comics reinvent he, <laughs> themselves constantly over right. and over. He retired and then didn't like it and, you well, know, came Every back. superhero has been killed at least four times at this point. True. Um, so this is a this is a little experiment. You know, this is you know probably new executives at DC that want to try sure. something new. Somebody had this great idea. They want to try out some new artists. They want to try out some new styles. And in six months, Superman will be back. Sure. So he's not gone for good. Right. So that was all we had for our entertainment news. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back with our insightful picks of the week. Go for your insightful pick. So my insightful pick is a show that is on Disney Plus, and it's uh, kind of a young adult uh, show. Um, obviously, as we've mentioned numerous times, you know, our daughter, uh, she and I do TV time at the end of the evening. Um, so we're always looking for things to watch. We went through every Disney movie. Now we're kind of looking at some of the series. Um, so this is one that kind of popped up after, uh, we had watched, uh, Sulphur Springs and it is called the Evermore Chronicles. So there's actually two of them. So there's the Evermore, which was actually done as a four part mini series. And then after that, they did two seasons of the Evermore Chronicle. So it's pretty much the same cast. So uh, if you do go looking for it, look for the one that's just the four episodes first, because we actually started watching a couple of minutes of the Evermore Chronicles and we're like, we don't understand <laughs> that happened. So you need to watch the first one first. Um, so that one actually came out in March of 2015. And again, it was just a mini series. It was uh, four episodes. Um, and then it happened to get picked up um, by Disney for a full series of 20 episodes. 
And it was under the new title, again, The Evermore Chronicles, as it continued. Uh, it was a continuation of the original. Um, as of right now, it looks like after the second season uh, or the third season that they did that came out uh, as of February of 2020, that they weren't going to continue it anymore. So as of right now, you basically have like two and a half uh, seasons of this. Um, but the miniseries in the first season uh, featured the character Tara Crossley, who was an American teen who moved from the States to an English village called Evermore. Uh, as her mother and stepfather father unpacked from their new home, Tara, her brother, and her British step-siblings adjust to their new life. Uh, the second season uh, of the series actually uh, features her uh, stepsister, who tries to apply for fashion school in London, and some magic and horror stuff happen, and she has to, you know, kind of save the day. So it's it's kind of like horror, fantasy, mystery, um, you know, witchy kind of magical stuff. So... You know, our daughter seems to like it. She's 14. Um, and it's one of those things where I'm enjoying watching it um, as well. Each episode is only a half hour long, so not very long. Uh, the first season, I think, uh, was 20 episodes. Uh, second season, I think, is, is just as long. So nice little show to watch with uh, the kids. Okay, good pick. Thank you. So my pick this week is one that I've been very hesitant to pick, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Following the events, oh, it's my pick is by the way, it's uh, Falcon and the Falcon and Winter Soldier. On I Disney would have Plus. never guessed that. Yeah. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, Sam Wilson, the Falcon, played by Anthony Mackie, and Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, played by Sebastian Stan, team up in a global adventure that tests their abilities and their patience in Marvel Studios, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier has tried to explore a lot of things. The fallout from Thanos removing half of all life from the universe, as well as the economic and social impact of bringing everyone back five years later. The U.S. government's history of institutional racism and how little things have changed over the years and the smaller stakes stories of Bucky Barnes and Sam Wilson trying to find a new place in the world after temporarily giving their lives to save it. The series is primarily focused on a guy who hasn't physically appeared in the show, Steve Rogers, the real Captain America, whose abilities and achievements are so legendary they cast a star-spangled shadow over everyone and everything. This is a show that seems obsessed with Captain America's legacy, with unpacking what he means to this world and what his loss means to the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But this season seems so confused by what Captain America's legacy even is. Is it the superhero name, quote, Captain America, which the U.S. government bestows on some other guy as if it's a title they can pass around like a championship wrestling title? Is it the Vibranium Shield, the responsibility of which was so great for Sam Wilson that he chose to put it in a museum rather than risk failing to live up to what it represents? Or is it, is it the Super Soldier Serum, which could and seemingly does create an army of invincible terrorists if put in the wrong hands? It's none of these things, really. But the Falcon and the Winter Soldier has struggled to land on an answer of its own 
even losing sight of the guy who originally held the shield. I've hesitated to recommend this show for the majority of the season because it took more than half of the short six-episode season for the show to really give me something to hold on to. Up until episode four, the series was a throwaway series with little impact on the MCU, not much character development of the key players, and very little in the way of emotional investment in anything going on with the series. Still, eagerly anticipating episode six, I'm not really sure how I feel about the show. Part of me wants to watch it because it's MCU and I like the characters. Part of me is disinterested in the almost forced geopolitical aspects of the plot and the heavy emphasis on racial tensions in the MCU that have never been a plot point before. I'll stick it out. I'll watch the last episode to see where we end up. After sitting through five episodes already, that's the least I can do. But I feel no emotional attachment or investment whatsoever in this show. I haven't felt that way about an MCU project since the first two Thor movies. I can't help but feel they missed the mark on this one. But maybe episode six will redeem the series for me. We'll see you tomorrow. That's it. Okay. Wow. Yeah, jury's still out on this one. I think it's worth watching, but it just it hasn't captured that magic for me. Mm-hmm. So, and who knows, maybe they're going to have a second season that that it gets better, and I don't know. As far as I know, this is only supposed to be one season. Mm. I can't see it leading into or feeding into any of the movies, which is another problem. Like, like WandaVision ended up, and you could literally walk into the new Doctor Strange movie from it. Right. I don't see them going You just don't know where they're... I, I don't like what they're things. doing with the characters. I don't like, like they, they tried to force these situations on you to, 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 they, they outright tried to manipulate your feelings on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. And it was just so blatant where everything else in the MCU was done so seamlessly, so naturally. I don't know if it was the writing, the directing, I'm not sure, but. I felt like they really wanted you to be invested in in Sam and and Bucky here, mm-hmm. but they jammed it down your throat. Mm. And it's you know why are we sitting through counseling sessions with the Winter Soldier? Right. Because he doesn't want to be an assassin anymore, and he's trouble from being an assassin. Like it, it just it didn't fit. You know, the, the, they sit the two of them down in the session at one right, point in time, right? And they literally force them to to sit so uncomfortably close to each other as if they're trying to generate some kind of emotional attachment visually. And it just feels so forced, you know, the racial side of things, you know, there's enough racial tension going on right now in the real world. Right. I don't need them jamming it down my throat in this series here. They've never used it as a plot ploy in the MCU before. Well, and there was actually uh, a couple of different, videos that I saw of people that were talking about it where it was one of those it was always there they never talked about it this was the opportunity to kind of bring it to well, light. it's been in the comics right they've done Marvel's <clears throat> done a fantastic job of covering all these uh societal mm-hmm. issues in the comics right but the MCU has largely stayed away from it until this series. Right. So it almost makes it feel artificial. Mm. 
Like they're trying to push an issue for the sake of pushing an issue, not because it moves the plot forward. And maybe that's what, maybe it is going to push the plot forward that we don't. And that's what I'm hoping. We're up to one episode so far. They've introduced this one character who was a mistreated super soldier who was experimental and treated terribly by the government. And they've done nothing with him. Right. You know, I want to see that character. I want right. to see his and, backstory. And why, you know, what would have happened if Sam said, yeah, I'm going to keep the shield. Right. Would the government have been like, oh, that's it. Captain America's gone. But you didn't see that. Right. But we don't know because Sam was like. Of 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 the five episodes we've watched. Right. The only character that I've generated any interest on is this secondary character who gave a motivational speech in the last episode to Sam. Mm-hmm. I want to see his story. Right. That's the one that looks interesting to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. He's the one that I've latched onto. Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody else really matters to me in the story at this point. And, and that's very uncharacteristic for the MCU. Okay. So that's it for my pick this week. We'll be right back. Oh, that's on Disney Plus, by the way, in case anyone didn't realize. <laughs> in case you didn't know. Yeah. Sorry, I was... <laughs> Too big on my rent. <laughs> so I think that's all we had this week. I think so. I didn't have anything else to rant about. We didn't have any afterthoughts to talk about. Nope, we're good. Uh, before we go, I do want to remind people to uh, subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcatcher. You can get video versions of all of our podcasts listed on their insights into things. You can get just the audio versions of this podcast listed as Insights and Entertainment. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Amazon. And I would also invite folks to reach out with your comments. Tell me what I should and shouldn't rant about. Tell me to just <laughs> shut up and stop ranting. That works too. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. You can find us on Twitter at insights underscore things. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash insights into things podcast. On Instagram at instagram.com backslash insights into things. Audio versions of our podcast can be found at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com backslash insights into things. We stream six days a week on Twitch. If you are a member uh, of Amazon Prime, you do get a free Twitch Prime subscription. We'd appreciate it if you threw it our way. We can be found at www.twitch.tv slash insights into things and links to all of our uh sites that we're on uh links to to message us show notes and everything can be found on our main website at insights into things.com that's it another one in the books have a good week everyone bye bye